Today we're going to continue our series called The Big Three. In this series, we're going to talk about our three biggest enemies. And, and we could have talked about a lot of enemies, but, and I begin to think about what our biggest enemies are, and maybe you might have a different, different take on that, and that's okay. The next time you preach, you can correct it, all right? But these are the three, I think, that are big in, in, in our lives. And the three that uh, we have chosen to talk about are Satan, self, and society. See, I, I believe that you'd be hard-pressed to name any other enemies that are greater than these. Would you agree? Now, Pastor Krista set the bar really high last week as she talked about the enemy of self. Wow, that girl can preach. Would you agree? Good, good stuff. Amen. Well, today we're going to be talking about, we're going to talk about Satan. We're going to talk about the enemy called Satan. Perhaps we have no greater enemy. It could be that he is the major influence behind every enemy that we have. Well, I want to make five statements this morning, five statements about uh, our enemy, Satan. And the first statement that I want to make this morning about Satan is this, and that is he, he's literal. He's literal. Somebody asked their pastor, do you really believe <laughs> I mean, do you really believe in a literal devil? He responded, absolutely. She goes to my church. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. All right, I got you with me now. Amen. I got you with me. You're mad at me, one or the other. All right, but you livened up. First uh, Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9 says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Yes, my friends, Satan is real. He is a literal being. He's not an apparition or, f or fantasy figure. No, he's not like Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny. Uh, he, he's not just some type of force or, or, or some made-up character that somebody created to, to, to scare us with or, or to help keep us in line. No, no, he's literal. And he literally is at, is at work 24-7. He hates God and he hates God's creation. And his number one goal is to destroy God's favorite creation, man. Yeah, he'll do anything within his ability to separate man from God and to cause him to spend eternity with him in a lake of fire, a place of eternal torment. But here's the good news this morning. It's found in my second statement about Satan, and that is he's limited. Yeah. He's limited. Listen, don't ever get the idea that the devil is equal to God. Don't ever get the idea that his power is in any way on the same level as God's. See, God created the devil. He, he didn't create him as a devil. He created him as an angel who on his own turned into a devil. So I ask you this morning, how could the created be on the same level as the creator? And the answer is impossible. 
So Satan's power is limited and God is his limiter. Pastor, you might say, do you have proof of this? Do you have scripture for this? I just happen to have. Remember the story of Job in the Bible? In Job chapter 1, it says that God and Satan were having a conversation one day. You know, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? That, that God and the devil carry on a conversation, that, that they talk. But according to the book of Job, that's exactly what happened that day. And God, uh, in the story, you'll see that God starts bragging on a man named Job. Isn't that cool? I, I think that is just so cool. I wonder if God has ever bragged to the devil about me. I wonder if God has ever bragged to the devil about you. Now, don't get too excited about the possibility because the result of God's bragging caused Job a whole lot of suffering and a whole lot of loss. Remember the story? Well, God said to Satan, God said to Satan, in the the course of the conversation, God said to to Satan, he said, "Just, just look at my, just look at my man, Job. Look at my man, Job. He, he's the best of the best. Why? He should be up for man of the year award. He is the perfect example of a godly man. But Satan said to God, yeah, sure. But just look at all of his blessings. Just look at all that you have blessed him with. Look at all that you have provided. Look at all that you have given to him. And man, he, he's living the good life. He, he has everything he needs. He has everything he wants. The devil says to, uh, to, to, to God, says, you, you have prospered him. Who wouldn't serve God under those circumstances? And the devil said to God, and besides all of that, you built a wall of protection around him so I cannot get to him. The devil said to God, take down the wall of protection and let me, let me test him. Let, let, let's, let, let's do a little test here. Let's see if he's really the man that you think that he is. Let's see if he's really the godly person that you say that he is. Let's, let's put this to the test. Let me take away some of those blessings uh, that you've blessed him with. Does, d- does he really love you or, or is he just, just in love with all of the blessings that, that you provided for him? And in Job chapter 1 and verse 12, it says, it says, all right, you may test him, the Lord said to Satan. Do whatever you want with him. Do whatever you want with everything he possesses, but don't harm him physically. In other words, you cannot take his life. Satan is limited. He can only do what God allows him to do. Oh, I don't know this morning, but perhaps you think that your life is out of control. I don't know that maybe you, you think that there's just too much adversity stacked against you. Or oh, oh, maybe you feel like God has, has abandoned you, that, that, that he is nowhere to be found. Maybe you feel like you're all alone and you are without his help. Job eventually, if you read the story, you'll find that's exactly the way that he felt over a period of time. But never forget that we walk by faith and not not by feelings. Feelings are fickle, right? Feelings are fickle. They, They can change quickly. We can be up sky high one day and then we can be down very low the very next. 
Oh, yes, Satan is our enemy. Yes, his ultimate goal is to destroy us. But all the good news is this morning, he can only do what God allows him to do. God is omnipotent, which means all-powerful, but the devil is not. Satan is limited, and God is his limiter. Somebody give our all-powerful God some praise in this house today. I'm giving you five statements today about Satan. First of all, he's literal. Second of all, he's limited. And the third statement that I want to tell you in describing the enemy of our soul today is number three is he's a liar. Satan is a liar. In John chapter eight and verse 44, Jesus says this about the devil. Jesus says about Satan, he has always hated the truth. And Jesus said, why? He said, because the truth cannot be found in him. Jesus said that when he lies, he is consistent with, it is consistent with his character for he is a liar and the father of lies. I'd say that was about as plain as it gets, right? Sounds like Jesus wants us to know who we are dealing with. Sounds like Jesus wants us to know who we are up against, what we can expect from our enemy. You see, you see, knowing the character of somebody should help us know what to believe about them and what not to believe. Would you agree with that? When we know the character of an individual, then we know what to believe and what not to believe when something is said about them. Have you ever been lied about? Ever been lied about? Ever been misrepresented? Uh, I have. I have. Listen, let me, let me just tell you this. Being lied about doesn't frustrate me nearly as much as having people who should know me better than to believe the lies. And yet they do. Do I like liars? No, despise liars. But what, what, what offends me, what hurts me more than somebody lying about me is other people that ought to know better that believe the lies that are told about me. I've shared this with you before, but several years ago, someone came to me in the course of conversation. They said, your wife said thus and so. And they told me what my wife said. And I said, no, she didn't. And they looked at me like kind of funny. said, what do you mean? I said, she didn't say that. They said, yes, she did. I said, no, she didn't. They said, yes, pastor, your wife said, I said, no, she didn't. And and the person went on to say, well, you weren't there. How do you know your wife didn't say this? I said, because I know my wife. And because what you're telling me my wife said, that does not go with my wife's character. That does, I know my wife, and I know my wife would never say that. So I know that what you're telling me is not true. My wife did not say that. Later that day, I went home, and I told my wife, I said, so-and-so said, you said so-and-so. And I said, there's no way you said that. I said, you didn't say that, did you? <laughs> she said, no, I didn't say that. You, you know. I, I said, that's exactly what I said, baby. That's exactly <laughs> what I said. Jesus said about Satan, his character or lack of character should let you know that you can't believe a word he says. Jesus was saying that the only time that Satan lies is when his lips are moving. That every word that comes out of his mouth is a lie. So I ask you this morning, why do we listen to him? If we know he's a liar, why do we listen to him? And yet every time we face any kind of adversity or temptation, the devil comes to us and he starts lying. 
He says things like, if God really loved you, why? If he really loves you, why, why did he do something about the situation that you're in? He says things to us like, why do you pray? Why do you pray? God's not listening to you. Look around. Nothing is changing. He says things like, just look at the mess you've made. You've really messed up this time. You will never come out of this. He says things like, I bet you have really ticked God off. I, I guarantee you God is mad at you and God is tired of your consistent failures. And I want you to know that God has washed his hands of you. But he's a liar. He's a liar. He lies about God. But he doesn't just lie about God. He lies about the church. He says things like all they want at that church is your money. I, I don't get it. We, we don't complain about paying the grocery bill. We don't pe- complain about paying the electric bill. We don't complain about going out to eat and they expect us to pay. And then we get all in a huff when we come to a church and anybody mentions money. It's amazing. Well, I lost three or four of you right there. Yeah, he says, all they want down there if that church is your money. The devil says, the pastor's a phony. He, he, he's a phony. He says things like heaven and hell has just been made up in order to manipulate you. Oh, the devil's a liar. He lies about God. He lies about the church. And hey, he lies about your spouse. Yeah, he says stuff like, like, you can do better than them. Why, you can do better than than them, he says. He says, says, they they can't meet your needs. He says things like, oh, there's so much more out there that you are missing out on by being with, with just one person for life. And who can do that anyway? But he's a liar. Satan is a liar. And here's what we need to know about his lies. And that is that he appeals to the fleshly desire of man. See, he knows what our weaknesses are. Devil, I rebuke you. Well, we hadn't had that in a while. All right, take that, devil. (laughs) Okay. He knows what our weaknesses are. He knows where we're most vulnerable. He knows our tendencies. Hey, Satan never tempts me to get drunk or get high. Never. Why? Because he knows I have no appetite for these things. I have no appetite for for drunkenness. I have no appetite for alcohol. I have no appetite uh, to get high. I have no appetite for drugs. So the devil never tempts me about, about, about alcohol or drugs or anything like that. Why? Because he knows I have no appetite for these things. He knows I don't have any desire for these kinds of things. But he does tempt me. He does tempt me. Do you want to know what my weaknesses are? Do you want to know where I'm vulnerable? Do you know where, where, what 
my fleshly desires, what fleshly desires appeal to me? Do you want to know? I bet you do. (laughs) One of the most nosy bunches I've ever been around. First John chapter two and verse 16 says, for the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see and pride in our achievements and possessions. And it goes on to say, these are not from the father, but are from the world or Satan. Satan is a liar. He appeals to the fleshly desires of man. Yeah, he dangles the proverbial carrot in front of our eyes. He entices us. He lures us. He makes fun of us for not indulging. He says, he says things like everyone else is doing it. Everyone else must think it's okay. He says, you're missing out, man. You're missing out. You're old-fashioned. You're an old fuddy-duddy. You've been duped and lied to. But the truth of the matter is, he is the liar. He is the deceiver. Don't fall for his tactics. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 11 says, Satan should not outsmart us because we are familiar with his tactics. Say, See, if we know that Satan is a liar... Why do we listen to his lies? I'm giving you five statements about Satan. First of all, he's literal. Second, he's limited. Third, he's a liar. And number four, he's lethal. John 10 and 10 says the thief or or Satan comes to steal, he comes to kill, and he comes to destroy. We already read 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 8. Stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Hey, don't let his appearance fool you. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 14 says Satan has the ability to disguise himself as an angel of light. Don't let his appearance fool you. He won't appear to you in red long johns with horns sticking out of his head and a fitch and a, a fitchfork <laughs> a pitchfork in his hand. He he won't show up with a big D on his chest. Not coming that way. He will disguise himself. He might even disguise himself as a friend. In fact, he might actually speak through your best friend. You know, you know how we love to say that when God speaks, he, he uses some person's mouth to speak through. We love to say that when God gives, he he uses some person's finances or, or possessions to give with. We love to say that everything God does, he does through people. Well, the same can be said of the devil. When we gossip, it's Satan that's using us. When we lie, it, it's Satan who is using us. When, when we criticize or when we become pharisaical or, or, or listen to me, listen, don't allow the devil to use you. Oh, what a horrible, horrible thought. Oh, get this, get this straight. Satan is not your friend. 
He's not your friend. And his ways are a facade. He's a fake and a phony and a wannabe. He will not and cannot make good on his promises. He doesn't intend to. His personal mission statement is to steal and to kill and to destroy. Oh, stay as far away from him and his destructive ways as you possibly can. We're talking about Satan today. He's an enemy. We're making five statements about him. Number one, he's literal. Number two, he's limited. Number three, he's a liar. Number four, he's lethal. And number five, he will lose. He will lose. The Bible says that Satan was kicked out of heaven. His pride was his downfall. God fired him as an angel, took his position away from him. In other words, Satan is a loser. He has lost in the past, and the Bible says that he's going to lose in the future. And so here's the question that I have for you today, and that is, why are you allowing a loser to defeat you? And why on earth would you want to align yourself with a loser? When I was in the sixth grade, the toughest fastest, most athletic kid in the sixth grade was a kid named Larry. You say, Pastor, that wasn't you? No, I was second. (laughs) It was a kid named Larry. Guess who my best friend became? Larry. Yeah, Larry became my best friend. Friend, guess whose team I always tried to get on? Larry's team. Because Larry never lost. He was that much faster. He was that much tougher. He was that much more athletic than any kid in the class. And no matter who was on his side, it seemed like every time Larry's team always won. So I made sure. I was on Larry's team. I made sure to align myself with a winner. Oh, hear me this morning, people. Jesus is a winner and Satan is a loser. So the question I have for you today is whose side are you on? Because Satan will lose. He and all his followers have an appointment with eternal punishment. Revelation chapter 20 and verse number 10 says, Then the devil who had deceived them, who had defeated them? Not what it says. Then the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. There they will be tormented day and night forever and forever. Listen, Satan will lose. I know we don't like to talk about hell, and I don't think there's very many preachers today that do it. But it's still real. As real as heaven is, hell is just as real. Call me old-fashioned. Call me old-school. Call me whatever you want. 
but you're not going to call me out on judgment day because you're going to know the truth. You're going to know the truth. Can you even imagine how people will feel when they wind up in hell? When they discover that God and his Bible were real after all. But there was so much on Facebook and there were some fact checkers and there were this and that and something else. And they were deceived. Could you imagine how they will feel when they discover, oh, oh, that they were duped by the greatest deceiver of all. Satan lied to them. He tricked them. He deceived them. And now it's too late for them to do anything about it. Their eternal destiny is sealed. All hope for them will then be gone. But oh, you and I still have hope. You and I still have hope. We still have time to cry out to God. There's still time for us to place our faith in his grace and be eternally saved. The takeaway for the message this morning is this. An awareness of our enemy and their tendencies protects us from being ambushed by them. Second Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 11 says, we don't have to be deceived by Satan because we are aware of his tactics. Our series is called The Big Three. We're talking about our three biggest enemies. And one of our three biggest enemies is Satan. And perhaps he's behind every, everything that all of our other enemies are about. My question this morning is, have you been deceived by him? Will you allow a loser to destroy you, defeat you? Or will you align yourself with the biggest winner of them all? His name's not Larry. His name is, his name is Jesus. Father, we thank you today for your infallible, your life-altering, life-changing, Miracle working word. God, you promised that your word would not return void, but it would accomplish what you intended for it to accomplish. So God, today I pray that this word will do what it needs to be done and we will respond to the word and to the Holy Spirit's application of the word and his invitation that he has for us specifically and individually.